Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. What's up, Fungal Associates? Welcome to Completely Arbitrary, the podcast about trees and other related topics. I am one of your hosts, and I am joined, as always, by... Uh, you know what? It's been a while since I've called you a renowned dendrologist, Casey Clapp. Oh, thank you, Alex. Honestly, my first thought was you forgot my name. I was like, <laughs> it's Casey, Alex? My name is Casey. I'm right here. Has it ever happened to you? Somebody tries to introduce you, and they forget your name? Ooh, I don't think so. It happened once to me, and it was so fucking awkward. Wow! Yeah. Like, were you like on stage? Like, uh, no, I was. Performer? I was working with uh, this this music engineer I knew from high school. His name's Kevin Hahn. Yeah, and so I was working as like his intern, basically. Uh-huh. And he had a musician come in to record, and he said, "Hey, this is." And then just froze. Oh. And I was like, hi, I'm Alex. Well, I have to admit, I have done that lots of times. I'm I'm bad with names often. Okay. Um, I also will uh, like have moments where I'm just like, yeah, it's my good friend. Oh my God. And I'm just like, my brain, it's like, sure. I've, I've known this person for years and I can't remember their name. What has happened? Somebody whose name you definitely know, but yes. for some reason it doesn't come to you. For some reason it doesn't come to me. Yeah, that that has happened to me multiple times. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine it be uh, pretty awful. Being uh, on the other if, side if is pretty. Side, it's yeah. pretty demeaning. Yeah, I could, yeah. <laughs> it feels yeah, which is why I have I I have a lot of stress about it. But you know how sometimes if you have stress about something like that, your body like uh, goes hyper focused on it. Sure, that doesn't happen to me. My body still is like, oh my gosh, I really hope that doesn't happen, but what's over there? And then like just moves on and it never quite solves itself. Well, I, I I pray that you're never the, the, the violent victim of this uh, atrocity. (laughs) Thank you. I, I also, I also pray that for you as well. I don't think you should have to deal with that one more time. It's only happened to me the once. Pray, uh, praise God. Yes. yes, Of course. (laughs) It really slipped out of my mouth. Yeah. Praise the algorithm. Yes. Casey, as always, we are here to talk about a tree. We've got a bit of a, We've got a bit of a, uh, let's see, this is like a uh, high concept episode. Ooh, you think so? Okay, yeah. I'll At least from that. my perspective. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the word perspective is very important here, because we're going to be talking about the sweet gum. That is correct. I Li- appreciate how you said that. <laughs> liquid amber. Hey, liquid amber. Yeah. Wow. Liquid amber. Strike a flua. Wow. Very close. Strike a flua. Styrax. Styrax. 
Styracaflua. Styracaflua. All right, we'll go that. That's a great what, translation. What, was, what did you say? Uh, styracaflua. Styracaflua. Yes, liquid amber, styracaflua. Now, the words liquid amber are yeah. in the name of the sweet gum. Yes, it is. Yeah, I can only true. assume that that's on purpose. It is. The name literally means it has amber within it and it flows from it. That's pretty cool. Yeah, so it means, I believe, styracaflua means flowing from it. So this is liquid amber flows from it the that's tree. extremely cool isn't it it's it's one of those <laughs> names it's like i i didn't realize this till i looked into it and yeah. it turns out it's like so positively accurate where i'm like wow that's incredible well done very well done liquid amber flows from it yes that is the name of the tree that's wonderful yeah, wow it, well this is a very i would say this is a one of our it's it's high on the list in terms of people requesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of people want to know our perspectives on it, which is why I thought it would be good to give our perspectives on this tree. That's right. Now, you did know this is a high concept uh, phase, so we are wearing Gucci, <laughs> and this is unreleased, of course. You're not going to find this anywhere else. You know what? You should be wearing Gucci. I should I, I should be wearing Versace. Yeah, we, we'll be on other sides yes. of the aisle, as they say. The I'm, runway. I'm wearing Martha Stewart for Kmart. <laughs> Hot. I'm wearing Gap 2024. I think she. I think she made like home goods. So I have like a. I have oh, like a. You know, like a comforter wrapped around yeah, me. That sounds good. Yeah, which is very nice. I'd be very comfortable. It is kind of a nice, cool comforter style day. It really is. Side side note. I, I walked outside this morning. Yeah. To go to get a coffee. Uh huh. And if I could have frozen the weather exactly where it was and yeah. it'd be that way forever i would have wow what was it for me it was the perfect weather it was okay. cool cool it was a tiny bit breezy tiny bit like just like a not even a flutter that you can audibly hear it's no. just see just an autumnal breeze i see okay. okay and it was a tiny bit misty Ooh, yeah okay just the just the, the littlest bit misty and after this summer it felt so mm. good was it a high mist or were you like inside of a cloud it was a high mist i would okay. say but okay. it was it was very dispersed i see that sounds I nice i wasn't like my, my clothes weren't wet when yeah, i got home yeah. a know. dry mist for sure yeah all right that sounds really nice it was foggy where I was this morning about was it? that same time. Out in the woods, huh? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's a Christmas tree farm, so I guess technically you could say yes, but no. That's sort of the Martha, Martha Stewart Kmart version of the woods. Yes, exactly. That's a perfect description. There are little baby deer there all year round. They're wow. very cute. The skunks play with them. Aww. It's a nice, it's a nice <laughs> scene for sure. I think you're confusing Martha Stewart for Snow White, Casey. Oh, God. I am. Now that you bring it up, I am. Yeah, 100%. I put all this tune in my brain. Uh, Casey, let's imagine that you and I... Oh, yeah. Where are we walking, Alex? Well, I know of... of I'm trying to get away from my apartment more, but I uh, know of a, a street over here that's that's paved in sweet gum. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, that's a funny way to put it. I will say the the sidewalk <laughs> is paved in, in gumballs, which yeah, we'll get to. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. Uh, and you and I come across some sweet gum... Trees, let's ID this tree. Oh, I'm so happy that you asked me to ID this tree, Alex. Thank you for having me. I appreciate oh, wow. the opportunity. <laughs> You're very welcome. I 
believe this is the tree that is most uh, commonly mistaken for a maple tree. I get that. Very, very common. Uh, the reason is it is a big tree. It grows up to about 80 feet tall. I think there's some documented of like 150 or something like that. So it's, you know, it's, it's around the 100 foot-ish, you know, a big old tree. Many of them don't live to be big old trees, but those that do are big, old, and grand, quite grand. Uh, there are some on Northwest 20... 3rd Avenue? 21st Avenue. Over the northwest neighborhood mm-hmm. of Portland, uh, they have a lot of big ones on it. They're really spectacular. Oh, wow. Yeah. So the, the thing is, though, as you, uh, as you approach this tree, it's got a, a generally pyramidal form. Unlike most broadleaf trees uh, that have what we call a uh, decurrent growth form where it comes up and out, right. uh, this has an excurrent growth form. So it has a single leader with branches that come off of it. So it actually has a form that's more analogous to a conifer or a pine tree or something like that. Interesting. Yes, yeah, so just a little bit different. Kind of, kind of shirks that uh, stereotype right off the bat. The other thing you'll notice as you're walking through uh, is the canopy is is dense, but dense in a way that is like uh, has depth to it, which is kind of a, a a weird thing to kind of imagine. Instead of having like a canopy of say uh, a Norway maple has a big globe, this big poofy cloud of a canopy, yeah, where it has like some layers, but when you look at it, you don't really see into it very much. It looks like there's kind of a nice undulating, smooth pattern you could draw around the entire outside. Okay, the sweet gum. Everything feels more sharp and like uh, like it comes out at you a little bit. Hmm. So when you're looking at the canopy, the canopy goes a little bit deeper, you know, where it's not just like a, a nice fluid outer sort of shell looking thing. It's more like it has a depth textureness to it. Do you think it ha- that has to do with its morphology as like a, a conifer looking kind of tree? You know, I don't think so. Not the coniferness part of it. I think it's more that as you're looking at it, the leaves and the way that they grow, because they're they're five-pointed or seven-pointed stars mm-hmm. that start um, kind of, they all go up. So it's like to the left and right, then a little bit higher, then a little bit higher with one in the middle. So they're not stars in, you know, a full, you know, Star of David sort of sure. way. So um, because they have all those points, they kind of look like they come out at you a little bit, and they're like way more 3D than a lot of other leaves that I usually see. Interesting. And they're not, they're kind of a shaggy tree. So it's not so much the, that growth form, more is the, the small morphology of the, the branches at the very, very tips. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is just my perspective. This is just how I see it. Sure. They, they have that, that uh, depth is the only thing I can say of it. Well, today, Casey, if there's one, if there's one theme for this episode, it's... Perspective. perspective your cones are your own mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean your cones aren't stupid wow oh i'm just kidding i take it back but it was fun <laughs> it's fun to fire that one across the bow just to get everyone primed for the controversy we're about to step into you, you're too kind to even be fakely mean <laughs> uh, yeah i just do that in, in in private where no one's listening or recording me right yeah there we go i do it in the mirror but i don't do it to anybody else <laughs> I, well, gosh, all right, you take a lot of abuse in that <laughs> mirror, Alex. That's harsh. That's <laughs> sad. 
<laughs> All right, Casey, let's talk bark. Let's yes. get back on track. Well, so the other thing with the leaves, I should know, oh, is sure. they uh, they are serrated. So they have these these five oh. points uh, that come out, and then they have these little tiny serrations, and they look really like like a star. The, the two lobes coming down uh, on the left and right of the petiole mm-hmm. are kind of short. The two arms that kind of come out, like that you would think would be hands, those are a little bit longer. And then the main one that you would look at and be like, oh, that's a that's a, a fun star from like Super Mario with like a face or something. Yeah. That one is really, really long and tall. So they have like this little tiny legs, big arms, and then a big tall head. Ah, as opposed to like a as a uh, like a maple leaf might be more uniform. Correct. Okay. Yeah, exactly. And they are alternately arranged on the leaf and or on the on the twig. And this is really important. This is the thing you need to look for if you're walking through and someone's like, yeah, check out this maple tree. Look at it closely. Maples, along with ashes and dogwoods and horse chestnuts, their leaves are oppositely arranged along that twig. The sweet gum is alternately arranged along the twig. And that is how you're going to tell. So if someone ever is challenging you or you're challenging them, make sure to get your facts straight. Look for that. If you see one or the other, it is one or the other. There are no maples, for instance, that Mm -hmm. are alternate, nor sweet gums that are opposite. Okay. I, I I love a dependable ID characteristic. Yeah, isn't it? It's really good. Okay, now you asked about the bark. This is really great. So the bark, I actually really think is is some pretty spectacular bark. Uh, it starts off kind of smooth, which is a couple little cracks in it. But then as it gets older and bigger, it maintains its kind of gray character, its uniformness. But the cracks become bigger and deeper and a little bit longer. Where uh, you know, you know, if you have an iceberg developing, and at first it's a bunch of little icebergs, kind of right next to each other, like ice on the sheet. Uh, on like a top layer of ocean okay and then they kind of start bumping together then all of a sudden they just kind of stay together okay. and then they become bigger plates that's kind of what what this does does huh. that make sense yeah good visual i think so okay. like a iceberg as in like a big plate not yeah. like a titanic yeah. like cartoon iceberg exactly more like more like water uh, ice forming on a on a lake or in an ocean or something okay like that i the, see you know, as it's changing seasons so they get they come together when it as it as it ages it kind of seems like that yeah where you would have uh, a bunch of little ones that develop and then by the time the tree is aged all those little ones look like they're bigger interesting yeah i don't know if that's 100 percent the case it doesn't make a lot of sense other than maybe um this one ridged line that develops ends up kind of moving over and it develops underneath another one so then that ridge line gets pushed up and then kind of becomes a flattened plate mm. I don't, i'm not really sure but that's how i've always imagined it that is just your perspective, perspective. thank you alex thank you uh, the other fun thing about the bark on the sweet gum is often they will have um, little new stems that are perfectly rounded but just as often, they will have these corky wings that grow down them. So you'll have a, a twig coming out, but it will have like a plus signs worth of like cork coming out that looks really weird. So they have these corked wings that develop on these young twigs. And okay. they kind of, as the twigs grow, they kind of disappear and you just get kind of normal, kind of just kind of corky bark hmm. at the end of it. But it's really interesting. There's some elms that do this um, and a couple other species that grow these really wild wings where it's just like, for whatever reason, the bark in that one section just kind of 
shoots out a very, very thin, literal wing of tissue of bark that comes out. Who knows why? That's very interesting. That's that's one of those weird nature things. It is. Yeah, that's a perfect description. Uh, this tree is a weird nature thing mm. in all of its stuff going on with it. We, of course, we mean that with respect. Yes, yes, respect. So the other big thing that everyone's probably going to notice about this tree depending on the time of year, will be the fruit. Alex, I know you're familiar with the fruit. Oh, my God. The dreaded gumball. The dreaded gumball. What does this one taste like? Oh, <sighs> it, tastes, it tastes like what? It, it tastes like what? Is that fruit? What is that That, that was me chewing on one of these gumballs <laughs> oh and really realizing that it's, it's not a delicious uh, gum-flavored ball of candy. Yeah. You it know is, in what? fact, a small woody capsule. We, I, I just, I just edited out a big, a big thing about us talking about Adam Sandler movies. I thought you were referencing an Adam Sandler movie. <laughs> oh no, I, not, not the case. Um, yeah, I, I was. I'll, you know what they taste like to me? What? Um, broken dog ankles. Oh, you, that's a weird taste, Alex. I've never tasted a broken dog ankle, but I yeah, would I take you. my elderly dog Solo, rest in peace, on walks. We would go down this. I would avoid this sidewalk, but if we had to walk through the sidewalk, yeah, you know, I'd, I'd try to not have him step on these gumballs. But of uh, course, dogs will go where dogs will go. As they do, he would walk into the grass and step on gumballs, and his little his little ankles would buckle under the oh, gumballs. God. Yeah, they're uncomfortable and they're they're spinny. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. They're that. spiky and they're big and big and round and and uncomfortable to step on. Yeah, they've got it all in the negative section. Oh man, hey. Good for the tree, though. Uh, I don't know why this is what it has evolved to do. Yeah. Apparently, it works. To me, it feels like it's way too much work because it drops those little those little things. Uh, they just like drop out these little seeds that come out of it. They are a, a bunch of capsules all uh, aggregated together. Okay. And then the seeds just kind of fall out. There's no real good reason for it. Like I don't know why it puts so much effort into making such a spiky ball. For no good reason. And on top of this, Alex, it's not even a spike that'll like hurt you. If you pick it up, you can just squeeze it. Like it's it's not right. a it's not like a spike that's like get off of me with any sort of uh force or authority. Yeah, I don't think it could really keep anything away. I don't think so, yeah. It's just like a flimsy little piece of paper spike. Yeah, exactly. So I don't I don't understand it. It makes no sense to me. Maybe it was maybe it, I I wonder if it's like partway through an evolution oh yeah that could be it used to be like hard as nails yeah and now it's just like meh and it's on its way to being perfectly smooth you know oh i see what you're saying yeah it's going the opposite way usually things would start that way and then they would become less or become i'm sorry they would start not smooth yes okay geez they would start smooth <laughs> then need to fight away from something yes. and they would become more armed if you will maybe that also happened i mean this you know okay. Okay. time is time's a time's a flat circle my man time is a flat circle look at us go that is that is the the big thing about this tree it grows also in swamps and it lets out all these little gumballs all over the place yeah. that apparently don't do anything but it just piss people off. That's like the one thing they're very good at. Mm-hmm. Um, although, like I said, they, they piss people off in a way that's kind of like just annoying. Like uh, if you are, 
sweeping up a chestnut fruit from Castanea, the, the normal chestnuts, they will hurt you. They are so spiky and so uncomfortable. Oh. They physically will poke your skin and you'd be like, I'm never touching that again. Okay. Uh, although the thing is, inside of that is a big nut that we like to eat. So, mm, Worth. Now we're, now we're getting somewhere. Your theory, I think, is, is, is uh, being proven actively. Is it? Yeah, because we don't care about the seeds in this, so why does it need the protection? So it's actively becoming less protected. That's what I'm saying. There you go. Okay, you got you got your finger on a pulse here. <laughs> uh, so it grows in swamps. Uh, it's from the southeastern United States, and we call it the sweet gum because it has, uh, if you hack into it, it produces this uh, certain kind of um, sap that people like. In fact, they used to tap it for um, actual syrup this was a a whole use for it at one point in time the titular liquid amber exactly and the uh where it grows in these swamps generally gets a a very small uh very low root system or very high i guess i should say Mm. it doesn't grow big nice deep roots that are under the ground they usually have surface roots that uh are better at getting oxygen at the top of these um bottom land areas if there is nice well-drained soil and they have enough room, they will kind of go down further. Oh, interesting. But they've developed so that they don't need to. They can grow right on the top surface and just kind of chill there because that's where you get more oxygen. The further down you go, the more the soils are devoid of oxygen, which is important for respiration, of course. So I'm assuming that because these uh, root systems are quite shallow, that Mm -hmm. these trees don't stand up to the elements very well. Well, I think they do. That's actually kind of the thing. They're a real tough tree. Oh. They they stand up to the elements. They have, you know, nice tough bark. They don't want to grow too too high in terms of um elevation and latitude. As soon as it starts getting very cold, mm. they kind of drop off. But interestingly, the sweet gum that we're talking about grows natively through down into Mexico and Guatemala. Whoa. So it really does like to just find these perfect habitats, and there's just these little disjunct populations all the way down there. Wow. Crazy. I had no idea. So it's not like one continuous thing. It's like here and there. Exactly. Yeah, it grows here, it grows there. But I'm sure it has like a continuous strip of like area that you could find it, but it's not like a a contiguous forest of sweet gum. Right. Uh, yeah, but it also, uh, even if it is hurt, it will sprout a lot. It'll sprout new sprouts uh, from the base. It'll sprout new sprouts from the roots. If oh, you wow. cut it down, it will re-sprout again from there. It is a tree that it just kind of is really good at living in specifically in these these lowland bottomland areas. Very willow-esque, no? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's just it's a hard to kill tree. I think that's perfect. Yeah. Willow's also very hard to kill. You can do anything to them and they'll be like, "But what about this sprout?" Yeah. I'm like, "No, all right, you're fine." Similar environments too or habitats? Yeah, I would say the the willows tend to be in even wetter conditions. Okay. Where the willows will actively be next to water uh whereas the sweet gum will do well in the bottomland areas that ne- don't necessarily have water all the time mm-hmm. but have water a bunch of the time is willamette valley considered a bottomland mm, it i think it, it would have been before we uh, uh made it into a bunch of farmland because oh. the willamette valley used to flood it was a wet prairie so every year whenever we'd have a bunch of rain everything would kind of flood and it'd become like a really squishy kind of wetland area hmm. and then it would dry out, but it was this whole big long prairie. Yeah. So I think, yeah, this would be uh, the sweet gum. If it was native to this area, it would dig it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Casey, 
we have so much more to say about this tree. Should we set this, should we set this premise up? Um, no. More completely arbitrary after the break. We'll be right back. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Welcome back to Completely Arbitrary. Today we're talking the sweet gum, liquid amber. Styrasiflua, Alex. Styrasiflua. Look up and I see you pointing at me. That was my cue to say Styrasiflua. Yeah, I gave you a physical cue. Yes, yes, which is a fun one to spell. I had to learn how to spell this one as a, as a young, uh, young classificist, classifier. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. I thought I for a second I thought you were talking about the word Q. Oh, what? No. Yeah. Well. Ah, cool. <laughs> I was I was wrong. Uh, Casey, here's the dealio, and to everybody listening. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Uh, we decided last week we wanted to do the sweet gum. Yeah. For an episode. That's right. Sounds good. Sounds great. Thumbs up. Uh huh. I started doing some Hakrosin's homegrown trivia research. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I went onto our project management software that we use mm-hmm. to upload my findings. Yes. And I read through what you have written there. Yep. For what you want to talk about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I said to myself, and I typed it out so that you could see it. I did. I saw that. Casey, I think we're overlapping a yeah, lot. Exactly. Anything that I would have to say in my homegrown trivia that is of as, is of import or interest to me mm-hmm. has been covered in your findings. Exactly. I also found there was a lot of things about this tree that I didn't necessarily know. Okay. Ditto. Yeah. Wow. And we said, well, that does not a show make. It does not make a show. However... If we flip it on its head, mm-hmm. we can. It is a show can make. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for flipping that on its head, Alex. You're right. This is this is what we came up with. Essentially, I was going through. We we're reading it. I had come up with a bunch of things from the arbicultural <clears throat> perspective that I have developed over the years. Yes, many of you out there listening are also arbicultural professionals, and you will have probably experience many of these things and share a similar opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there was this other side of stuff that you were finding, that I was finding, that we put in here that was like, huh, this is not an arbicultural perspective, and 
It actually makes this tree a little bit cooler, yeah, more interesting than than what we were giving it credit for. So, right, you were it was like we were you were set up to have kind of a scathing review episode. Yes, I was set up to have like a praising review episode. Yeah, we're like, oh, this is actually some very interesting things. That, yes, yeah, exactly. And then we sort of found this balance, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and. Thus, we had a show. <laughs> but the show... A show does it make. A show does it make, Alex. Mm-hmm. Uh, the show, though, that uh, you came up with versus what I came up with <clears throat> it ended up being a little bit different. The first thing that I thought it was, we need to do a point-counterpoint here. Yes. I want to go through each one of these points, each one of these things that we found about this tree, mm-hmm. and uh, if not debate them, at least uh, provide a counterpoint to them uh, in any which regard. So, we're going to try that out. Yes, in an effort to provide two balanced perspectives, exactly. or two, two bipolar perspectives to create a balanced perspective, rather. We're doing a count, <laughs> a point... Counterpoint. Precisely. A count pointer count. Correct. Well pointed. Thank you. I imagine us sitting kind of in in armchairs across from each other. Every time I I give a a cultural perspective point about this tree. You have to look directly at the camera when you say it. Yes, but then after after I do that, I I put I take a little bead and yeah. I put it on a scale, on my uh, side of a scale, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah, you yeah. give one, you put a little bead on your side of the scale. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're maybe mm-hmm. they're sweet gum seeds. I was going to say or they could be uh beads of the of the dried sap. Oh, perfect. Set those down. Yes. And instead of like a blind, you know, justice like they have, yeah, like a blind, it's like a tree with arms outstretched, right? And then uh, if, the more you put on one side, now, so if if I have more <clears throat> points on my side, mm-hmm. that would be justice leans towards me, right? Uh, versus on your side, it would lean towards you. Mm-hmm. Okay. And here we are trying to balance tree justice to really give this tree a fair uh, a fair shake. Yeah, a fair shake is is exactly what we're getting. So. Yeah. May the tree in question take the stand. <laughs> Liquid Ambar Styrasiflua, if that is your real name. Is, is that my character? Do I need to do a voice? No, 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 no. That's, that's, that's the, if we are, if we are the, yes. the, uh, the deciders on either side, uh, then this, this tree's on, it's on the stand. We're deciding its fate right here. Yes. In Golden Cone scales yes so uh, i think this is what we're doing it's the golden cone scale we're, we're doing this on the golden cone scale i will put my golden cones on this side alex you put your golden cones on that side and we're gonna put croson's homegrown trivia against casey's homegrown uh, developed hatred mm. we'll see which one's wow. more powerful <laughs> That really rolls off the tongue. Yeah, it sure does. We That's should have really talked easy. about this. All right, all right, all right. I'm okay, sorry. so I will be providing ecological and cultural points. Yes. You will be providing arbicultural and silvicultural points. Exactly. And uh, with that, Casey, I take my little mallet mm-hmm. and I ring the bell. It's like a boxing bell. Yeah, I think. that's what I was imagining. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ding, gonna, ding, 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 ding. We're gonna have to stop halfway through. Like after three minutes, we're gonna have to take a break, get some water, fix yeah. our wounds, and then come back. Who do you have in your corner? You get to choose one representative. Oh my gosh, I hadn't even thought about this. Casey's thinking. Mm, David Attenborough. Wow. Yeah, you would think that he would be on your side, but you know what? You, you gotta, got him first. Yeah. 
And, uh, mainly, I just want I just want to uh, take any any one from you. That way, I can make sure I have that. Okay. It's a it's a pretty cutthroat competition. That's extremely cutthroat. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Honestly, David, I don't care what you have to say. I just don't want you to say it to Alex. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I would have. Um... I would have uh, David of David and Goliath because oh. that's who I am oh, embodying I in this fight. Yeah. Do you you want to know? Uh, I, I I changed I changed my answer. I want Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Okay. Yeah. I feel like I need that good lawyer perspective. I see. Yeah. I want the guy who represented OJ. <laughs> The Kardashian, okay. Yeah. The Kardashian OG. Yeah, that sounds yeah. good. Okay, perfect. All right, Case. I will start, eh? I think that sounds like a good idea. Okay, my first point is that the sweet gum, it grows very well in not well places, Mm. in places that are unwell. I see, okay. Ecologically. It's a fixer of communities. It's a fixer of communities. You know how much I love the the willow? Yes. This is my second time comparing it to the willow. Maybe this Mm -hmm. isn't totally on base, but... I think it is. I love I love any tree that gives that has what do we call altruism in yes. our in our um, high altruism. Yes, yeah. high altruism in this tree that gives back to the environment around it does not leech, but takes and gives. Yes, that is true. And like because its roots, it grows grows out uh, uh, and can live in these areas. It sprouts, and so it creates an ecosystem where perhaps an ecosystem was not very that's quickly. right. Okay, I think that's very good. It's not just a big stem in the in the ground. It's a stem in the ground with with uh, you know annexes. There you go. All right. That I okay. I see your point, Alex. That's one point. However, I would counter that uh, this tree has developed these patterns in what is a wild environment. Now, you take this tree into the civilized environment of a modern-day city, Mm -hmm. and you plant it in the planter strip, where a modern tree should be able to grow. I see. And the sweet gum will burst forth like a maniac. Is this like your is this like your 19th century presidential debate voice? Hey, Alex, I have no idea what you're talking about. I'm just talking normally. <laughs> what what do you, what do you mean? <laughs> anyway, oh the lord. You plant a sweet gum tree, and the sweet gum tree will put its roots out, its shallow roots, and it will lift up our sidewalk. Board-certified, placed sidewalk. I can't focus on what you're saying. All right, all right. You gotta see through it. (laughs) The tree... Fucks up sidewalks is it what you're does, saying. It does, yes. So all these things that you noted, it grows right. in, in rough environments. The streetscape is a rough environment, to mm. say the least. So you think, man, it'll do very well in a rough environment. And it does, but it doesn't do well in the environment. It changes it. So if you plant a, a sweet gum tree and you put cement next to it, uh-huh. it will destroy that cement. does a little too well in that it environment. It does a little too well, yeah. Wow. It has these surface roots that we talked about that will grow underneath a, uh, a sidewalk and then just... I mean, throw it up. It's Jeez. not just like, oh, it's kind of bent a little bit. It will actively push it up and create space that things can live underneath the sidewalk. It's insane. I don't think I've seen any tree that is quite so extraordinary. Other than maybe a tree of heaven, maybe a polonia, like these really fast-growing, semi-invasive trees. Mm-hmm. 
Sweet gums are kind of fast growing, not invasive at all, but will absolutely destroy anything. They'll break, they'll go under curbs and bend them out. They will find pipes and, well, okay, nah. If there's a pipe that is leaking, it will find it and exploit it and destroy <laughs> it. I think this is a positive thing. Oh, interesting. Using my own points against me. I take your amber bead and I put <laughs> no. it on my side. All right, all right. Two to one, two to one. I see. You want to play see. dirty, my friend? <laughs> David, come on, help me out here. What are you doing? <laughs> all right. Uh, fair point, Casey. Fair point. Fair counterpoint. Oh. Here's my next one. The sweet gum generates a lot of happiness for a lot of people. <laughs> Maybe that's... Uh, just go with me. <laughs> But it also regenerates. Mm. Mm. Wow. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is it is it dumb if I if I if I go mm, and, and nod my head to my own point? Not at all. Not okay. At all. Is that what good lawyers do? Yeah, because then it makes me want to do the same thing. Yes. And, and then all of a sudden I'm agreeing with That's you. That's right. You feel foolish. They do, they walk up to the jury and they do it right in their faces, and everybody yeah. goes, mm, mm-hmm. "Don't you agree?" Mm-hmm. Uh, I love a, a tree that grows fast. I don't love the tree of heaven. I know that's an incredibly fast grower. Yes. Not a fan. But I love a tree that grows fast and says, you know what? I'm here for a good time, not a long time. Wow. And shoots them roots and (sighs) shoots them shoots. Jeez. I love that. And how about this case? It can be harvested for wood products. Okay. Paper pulp. I understand. Plywood. Particle board, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Generally. It can be harvested, uh-huh. regrown very quickly, good for paper products. I see. Good for your cheap, fast woods, your, your, your plywoods. So what you're saying is that this is a tree that can feed the, uh, the industrial complex within which it grows, and it is not a complete uh, environmental disaster. That's why I love it, Casey. I see, Alex. I see. <laughs> Your love comes through now. Commerce without corruption. <laughs> that's what the, commerce without corruption. That's what the sweet gum means to me. That's that's my 19th century presidential debate slogan. Yeah. All right. Well, Alex, I see your point, and I counter saying, but it's such low quality. Oh. Now, you also have... uh, Have you just constructed this whole thing so that you can win some sort of imaginary game, Casey? I take offense to the point that you Mm. think this is some kind of kangaroo court. (laughs) (laughs) Now, where was I before I was so rudely interrupted? Can I change lawyers? I want Bob Blah Blah. (laughs) Okay. The paper, the pulp wood, it's fine. It's great. It grows up. But have you ever tried to build a house with sweet gum wood? Have you ever tried to? Well, build that's not a what it's shed? for. Exactly. But it takes up the space of where we can grow trees. Like oh, that. brother. This is the silvicultural argument where the sweet gum you come through. What a farce. You go cut some trees down. Mm. And what comes back? When you're trying to regenerate your forest with, say, pines or oaks or hemlocks or uh, maybe not hemlocks, actually, but. Uh, hickories, things like that. Sweet gum. Sweet gum. Mm-hmm. It's a scourge. It's like first generation. Yeah, uh, and then if you cut if you cut a sweet gum to get out of the way, then it has seventeen new generations that come up from it. Yeah, and they beat all the rest of the trees. So you're like, man, I really wish I could plant a maple here. And the sweet gum's like, yeah, me too. 
Are they like invasive? No, no. They're just very good at growing where they grow. Okay. Yeah. They're all in balance. There's no like, you know, scourge of sweet gum uh, in terms of an ecological sense. Yeah. But if you're trying to grow, uh, grow, say, pines or something like that, the sweet gum will outcompete them at the young age way quicker. Interesting. So it makes it difficult to have a higher quality uh, grown wood at the same time. And as we all know, sweet gum is, as a wood, kind of boring. I believe that's a note that I'm reading that you wrote very specifically. Oh, okay. Well, no, don't use my words against me here. Now, Alex, uh, is this your email signature at the bottom of this? <laughs> yes, that's what I thought. Look at the text message right before it. <laughs> I'm sorry. That is not what we're here to do today. Anyway, I wait. I see no, I need to defend myself. What? Sorry, <laughs> you can't all just right, move I, on. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll take a seat. The, I referenced the tree, the wood database, yes. wood-database.com. Always go. And basically, the the wood is kind of a dud in terms <laughs> yeah. of in terms of the breadth of things you can make with it. Very fair. However, for a cheap wood that'll make cheap paper, yeah. sure. Okay, I think that's very fair, and I think that's probably. It's highest uh, mark. But you can't say, oh, I can't make an ornate bed frame with it, so it's trash. I didn't say that. I'm putting those words in your mouth. How dare you, Alex? Bob, get him. (laughs) All right. Okay. All right. I see your point. You've made a counterpoint, and I've made a counterpoint to each point. Alex, what's your third argument? Casey, I move to the medicinal uses of the sweet gum. Oh, interesting transition, Alex. This is a this is sort of an all timer. Mm-hmm. I think this is a hall of uh, an arboretum of famer. Oh, in terms of of uh, the medicinal properties. Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't know if yeah. I, I I'll well, check my information. I in secret in secret I say that's not really true. It's kind of true. Okay. Well, what do we? What do in mean? this kangaroo what do court, I would certainly. I would certainly puff it up. Uh, objection! You can't like you can't, you can't just let him call your court uh, <laughs> uh, just a kangaroo court. Uh, Casey, traditional North American indigenous medicine. Mm-hmm. The resin is the is the big bad here. Yeah, that's true. Uh, the inner bark. Both used. Hey, you know I love this, Casey. You used to treat diarrhea. Yeah, everyone loves good diarrhea treatment. <laughs> I have to admit, as somebody with IBS, I'm I'm already in big favor of this <laughs> <Please>. tree. <laughs> Topically, it can be used as a salve, wounds, skin irritation. I do wonder, you know, if you have a wound, yeah. is it sort of like using rubber cement or like or like super glue? Ooh, I don't think so. I think it's more of a, like an antiseptic, antibacterial property. Okay, so you're not using the the sticky gum to close the wound shut. Yes, I don't think so. That might be a nice, uh, uh, convenient sort of uh, trait. Sure, but I think it's more that if you put it on there, uh, it helps it heal because, of course, if a tree gets wounded, mm-hmm. then it sends out its sap, and its sap will help get rid of any bacteria or fungi or something that's trying to get into the tree. Oh, wow. So, if you take that same stuff and you put it on your skin when you get a wound, it will also help to keep that away because it has these properties that help uh, defend itself that you are now using to defend yourself. Very interesting, Casey. Casey, I like this part a lot. The Cherokee and other tribes uh, will use this, used and use this, resin to calm nervousness. Interesting. When drinking, drinking, drink as a tea. Gotcha. Uh, which sounds good to me. 
Uh, here's here's the here's the big one case. Okay, this is this is your uh, your star witness. Yes, this is my my. Uh, that's right. Your Ken star witness. My uh, I don't know enough about court. It makes Storax. Ah, uh, yes. What is Storax? You say? Well, let me just let me just pull a definition off the top of my head. <laughs> it's a natural resin isolated from the wounded bark. Of the sweet gum. That's exactly right. And I think it also comes with um, uh, da, 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 another European species, I think, as well. Yeah, the uh, the uh, Orientalis. Yes, gotcha. It's the, from Asia Minor. Um, I sounded like Dr. Evil there. Asia yeah. Minor. Asia Minor. That's where it comes from. <laughs> okay, Alex. Um, so, Casey, what is Storax used for? What it, What is it? You know, this is actually kind of an interesting question. Uh, I... It's not very clear that it does a very specific thing. Okay. But it is used for a billion other little um, things. Like, it's been used in perfumes, and it would be something that you would put as a an additive in um, a candle or a smoke or something like that, hmm. uh, incense kind of thing. Okay, so it's a good smelling thing. Yeah, exactly. It's really good smelling, and it's been used for like a thousand different things from like Aristotle's time, where they would also like you would chew it and it kind of calm your nervousness. Uh, the the tribes of people in the North America would do that a lot. Mm. They'd mix it with strawberry bush, which is uh, Arbutus and Nudo, uh, and you would eat that, and it would be kind of like this. Uh, I think what I the thing that I read said of an unknown desire. They <laughs> basically like wow. they would do this. Nobody knows what it actually tasted like, but we know that they would use it. So it had these, these uh, probably other antiseptic kind of properties. So if you ate it, it probably helped like clean your teeth and like you know give you fresh breath and that kind of thing. So okay, kill the bacteria that would be mingling within your gums. Sort of used it in a chewing gum way. Yeah, that's my understanding. Okay, yeah. and then um, yeah, and it also would be used as a perfume, and they would be drank and added to things. So I, I bet you it was more on the way of like an. <clears throat> digest tea for aperitif, you oh. know, where you would like add it to this tea and then you drink it and like, what are you drinking? Oh, it's the Storax tea from the liquid amber tree. Good for digestion and mood. Yeah, exactly. And, and then... Uh, and, and hysterics. And hysterics. Ah, oh, take this. You're going crazy. <laughs> yeah, and you just drink a little uh, little bit of this tea. Drink this tea and you won't faint on any couches. Well, Casey, that is sort of my... <coughs> Jesus. Uh, just so the record shows, this is an act. He's he's not actually sick. Okay, I have a ketchup packet in my palm. <laughs> he's just trying to get a bunch of a bunch of people on your side. With sympathy. <laughs> now I may be a sick man, but <laughs> uh, Casey, that was that was my sort of medicinal point. Okay, I don't right. know how you're going to be counter to this, but it should be good. Well. Alex, I'm glad you brought this up. And I think the the big thing that I really want to note about this is that um, this tree also um, is a tree that is not used for that while planted in the urban environment. Therefore, that's invalid. Oh, brother. Your honor. This okay, Alex. You're right. This this is that is a I I have no counter to that. Well, that's of a course, good, that's a good point. Of course, it's a it's like essentially a medicated candy. Yeah, yummy. That's mm. pretty great. I and you used to make maple syrup out of it. 
I was pretty, I guess, I'm sorry, sweet gum syrup out of yes. it. Yes. Pardon me. Quick side note. Hi, everyone. This is Casey here. Oh, here we go. Could you send us yeah. some sweet gum syrup? We have not taken a shot of any syrup this entire year, and um, we would like to. I miss the old days of taking syrup shots with yeah. you. Yeah, on, uh, one on of the our podcast. fungal associates, <clears throat> Alex, uh, they sent us a black walnut syrup. Yes, I still have it in my fridge. I yeah. use it, uh, you know, somewhat infrequently when I make pancakes. I mean, it's very strong, so it's like you got to be ready for it, you know? it's re- Yeah, it's really good, but it is a flavor punch. Yes, so we're looking for... Um, if anyone uh, happen to be tapping a sweet gum and they want to send it our way, you know, uh, ask us, we'll send you our address. Um, Casey, my next point is something I appreciate a lot, which is aesthetics. Mm-hmm. And uh, I like when things are pretty. Fall color. Mm-hmm. Fall okay. is just around the corner. It's basically here. Okay. But the leaves changing is just around the color. In fact, looking out at the dogwood here, I can see a few leaves are starting to change. Yep, I saw that. Uh, I love sweet gum in the fall. Okay. There is a sort of brilliant, like, you know, in like photo filter apps, you can like turn up the brilliance. Ooh, yeah. The sweet gum looks outstanding in the fall. It has sort of this ombre effect when the leaves are kind of half changed. They're deep, like in the same leaf, you'll find deep, shiny reds. Yeah. Deep, rich oranges, bright yellows. This I guess I guess may, maybe many trees do this, but Alex, actually, it, the sweet gum is in, in a league of its own. It has like some of the most darkest, deepest purples of yeah. any tree, and I think what sets it apart. There are trees that have purple leaves. There are trees that have red leaves. There are trees that have orange and yellow leaves. The sweet gum has all of them. Yeah, almost all of them at the same time on one tree. In a way that doesn't look like uh, kind of, you know, a kid took a bunch of crayons and like colored and you're like, oh, well, it doesn't look that good. This is like the kid's an artist and painted it uh, as best as anyone could. Yeah. While you're looking up at these gorgeous leaves, these Mm -hmm. leaves of many colors, these leaves that in Oregon, I'll admit, we don't have a lot of fall (laughs) color in our native flora. Uh Uh-huh. But of the planted trees. Oh, sure, yeah. Yeah, we got a lot of evergreens Conifers, and uh, yeah. like yellow browns. Yeah. Thanks, Oregon white oak. Alex, while you're looking up at these leaves, let me remind you that the same time of year you are breaking dogs' ankles because oh, yes. every single fall, the little gumballs flutter down like bowling balls out of an airplane. Yeah, it's pretty ridiculous. They are everywhere. There's like a million of them. There are a million, and they don't, they're like so woody, they don't decompose in like an easy way. Like a, a maple Samara hits oh. the ground, it'll kind of sit there for a little while, then it'll kind of go away. Right. The gumballs, on the other hand, will actively sit there and resist decomposition. It's almost like a cone. Huh? It is. It is. Yeah, totally. That's very fair. It's woody like a cone. Yeah. It is an aggregate of little things that have a bunch of different little seeds in it. So yeah. a cone. I would say that that's fine. It's all good and well from afar. But if you're trying to interact with a sweet gum right up close, you're going to be sorely, sorely disappointed. Yeah. I mean that literally if you're walking barefoot. Sure. Fair point, Case. Alex. Fair counterpoint. Th- fair, fair point to you as well. I Thank wanted you. to uh, take a moment to commend you on having, you know, presented your uh, arguments very well. Well, I have one more, Casey. Alex. 
wait, we don't have this paperwork. Where is this? Did you present this to the defense? If you'll bring in my golden case. <gasps> what? The guy walks down the... Yeah, he's doing it. But it's like a, it's a man in like a black bodysuit. Yeah, and the, the case is, is clearly uh, uh, handcuffed to him. Mm. Okay, what is this, I Alex? take the case, I shoot him in the head. <laughs> he's seen too much. <laughs> he's seen too much. Casey, usually when we talk about a tree that grows very prolifically. I understand. Like a tree that, that takes up a lot of space geographically. Yes. We are talking longitude. Uh huh. It's usually like, yeah, this grows all the way from, <clears throat> you know, this continent. Yeah. And you'll, be all, you'll also find them on that continent. I see. I don't know if that's explicitly true. Sure, yeah, there are some. Yeah. The common juniper. But usually these 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 patterns grow sort of okay. uh, horizontally across the world. I see what you're saying. I think it's really cool that the sweet gum, the sweetest of gums, grows latitudinally mm. quite well. Am I using though? I always mix up latitude and longitude. Yes, I, I think you are. Uh, the latitudes go up and down. The like longitudes yeah, are elsewhere. Are long. So you're saying that this tree grows from the southeastern United States all the way down to Guatemala. That is what I'm saying. <laughs> but yeah, so that doesn't just mean, and I'm, I'm of course giving... Uh, cultural benefits here. That doesn't just mean that it it grow. It's it's a good grower across um, you know multiple landscapes. Yes, but that it is culturally important to countless people up and down I a see. broad swath of land. I, I think I think that's very cool. All right. I feel like these I things are usually this. more a little more localized. Yeah. Right. There's like this one tree in this one area. Yes. Yeah, I see. As right. opposed to. Uh, a like multiple peoples across a multiple place. I think corn is another really good example mm. where everyone from the Incas all the way up to the native peoples of New England yeah. all grew corn in a similar way. Yeah. Very, very curious. Good point, Alex. I think that's a well-founded point. I have a counterpoint of mm. my own. Though this tree is able to grow everywhere, and it does have its large natural range. It is a cosmopolitan tree of the Americas. Uh-huh. All fine and well. Does that mean, though, that we should be taking this tree and planting it elsewhere? Perhaps uh, longitudinally different places. Let me give you an example. Portland, Oregon. <gasps> oh, you think that the sweet gum should not be grown in portland i may give a wider example and say maybe it shouldn't be grown anywhere planted anywhere correct thank you i'm sorry correct the record i guess there's no there's no real difference uh yeah i guess they both imply human interaction yeah there you go yeah as long as a human plants it and then it grows right outside of its native area this is my argument alex it is a tree that is somehow in certain circles, uh, mostly those that have people uh, hanging out with trees, uh, strange bedfellows, people who also hate trees uh, because they break up the sidewalk, usually those two people are kind of on the opposite sides of the coin. Somewhere. Strange bedfellows. Yes, have you not heard this term? I've never heard this term. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, does it make sense? Yeah, yeah. Like, like odd couple. Exactly, yeah, okay. yeah. It's like, why are you two making the same argument? Usually you're on opposite sides of the I coin. I see. So, Alex, in this case... 
universally scorned mm. amongst these people. Nobody ever wants a sweet gum planted near their house because it destroys their lawn. It destroys the sidewalk. It will break the curb in front of their, their house. People who are tree people don't want it planted because, hey, it's just not that fun to climb. It's got brittle wood, and it destroys sidewalks, and everyone's like, oh my gosh, this tree is a mess, and I'm tired of arguing for it. I want them to go away and have other trees be planted that are better suited for this environment. I see. So... How is it that I can also, in the next breath, say that this tree is overplanted? I don't understand it. Mm. Why are there so many if it's universally scorned by these, these ilks, these people? I don't get it. That is the big paradox of this tree. And I think it goes as the final nail in the coffin of why this tree should have a low cone score mm. because in my opinion this is a tree that can do everything and we have enabled it to do everything it's taken advantage of being enabled and now it is a scourge upon our urban areas order all right everyone sit down sit down be quiet so casey what is your cone score after all that all right i well should we, i think we should give final remarks oh we're, that was i thought that was your final oh remark. no sorry. sorry that was just me putting the big the big you know gumption at the end of my last point before the prosecution rests can i copy and paste that as your final remark (laughs) dang it all right yes uh all right casey alex explain how final remarks work we will give some final remarks about our perspective on the sweet gum Mm. tree then give it a rating of zero to ten golden cones of honor casey as our uh prosecutor will begin with you i think that's very fair alex thank you for the opportunity to be here ladies and gentlemen of our court thank you for standing with us Mm. and being on the right side of history this episode is really just a long game huh i'm having a wonderful time (laughs) i am too i'm just like i'm just i'm realizing what it is now it's a long game at the end i'm like oh okay i believe alex that you can have positive attributes the defense has presented that this tree grows well and is an ecologically Mm. important tree the defense has noted that the wood is not outstanding therefore it's good for everything where you don't need outstanding wood Mm. man i need a pallet we got a sweet gum for that we have sprouts that come back make it a, a regenerative tree it's a medicinal tree that has uh properties that have been known for thousands of years across multiple different peoples it's also a cosmopolitan tree of the americas which you don't find very often growing from elsewhere to here and there and back again and i think that these are all fine points to add and to remember about this tree however alex I think we should be careful not to be, uh, not to have the wool pulled over our eyes Mm. and miss the underlying uh, ferociousness with which this tree attacks everything around it. It is sidewalks, you mean? It destroys sidewalks. It is uh, constantly raining down Mm. spiky balls that will destroy anything that walks on it that doesn't have a pair of shoes. It's pretty cool. It also, quiet in the court. Shit, Shit. sorry. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) You you looked away right when I did that, so you didn't know I was about to do it. So I actually did spook you. I'm sorry. (sighs) 
gosh. You think you're the judge now? <laughs> we only have so many roles to play. Finally, it is quite overplanted. It is a tree that shouldn't be planted as much as it is where there are other options that are available. Also, if we did cut into the bark and we started making uh, more things from it mm-hmm. uh, in our modern trees, I give this a thumbs up. Changes the whole thing. But because we have not developed that industry, I think that we must put this on the 5.1 Golden Cones of Honor level. All right. We're going to give it another 0.5 because of the fall color. 5.6. 5.6 for the sweet gum tree. I apologize. Uh, I have given you this from my heart. As the resident defense. Yes. What do you think? Final I, remarks. I think, you know, as you were describing all these negative things about the gumball, I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. I think it's kind of cool. And I know I'm going to, I might get hate for this. Like, it's a, it's a serious thing. You know, we have to, we have to fix those sidewalks and people can't walk over them and mm-hmm. people with disability. I'm going to, I'm going to, I know people will have a problem with this sure. benign statement, but I think it's kind of cool that they tear up the sidewalk. I think it's kind of, I think it's, hey, as a metal fan yourself, I'm surprised you don't love it more, Casey. I think it's pretty metal. Very anti-establishment. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. I think it is, you know, I, of course, like, walking an elderly dog across a sidewalk covered in gumballs is not a great experience for anybody. But, objective, if I just look at that, you know, kind of not with that experience, mm-hmm. I think it's pretty cool that it drops spiky, like like the ends of morning stars, you know? Yeah. Um, I think that's kind of neat, actually, now that I think about it more. Wow. It's like so defensive. It's like chill. <laughs> you don't need Whoa. this. You're cool. <laughs> it's like when a, it's like when, yeah, it's, 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 and it's like, you know, if somebody came out with like a sword and they hit you with it, it's made of tin foil. And you're like, oh, what is this even doing? But they're like really aggressive about it. <laughs> Very serious. Yeah. You spent a lot of energy on that. Yeah. It's <laughs> that's, like finely crafted. It's a really good description. But you could just crumple it up into trash. <laughs> so I'm going to give the sweet gum. And of course, the sweet gum, the titular gum, I think is, is a great characteristic. I would love to get my hands on some authentic. I think it would probably tear my teeth out of their roots. Yeah. Uh, but there's I mean, there's ways to make it work. Plenty of people have. Yeah. So if anybody has any like packaged sweet gum that I can chew on, I'm I'm interested. I could be that cool hipster that, that chews sweet gum. <laughs> now that is what I'm talking about. I give the sweet gum a very solid, well deserved seven point five, right in the middle 7. of that upper range. Five. I feel like I've been doing that a lot lately. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, I think that's very fair. I think it's yeah. very fair. I think you are uh, quite objective in how you approach these things. Thank you. Wow. And that was our uh, Odyssey review of the sweet gum. I think that's what it comes down to. I'm going to let the listener decide if the mm. sweet gum has uh, gone off. You know, I bet there will be a lot more gray people out there oh, who like, aren't like, this is a great tree or I this see. is a terrible tree. Okay. Who I think that's the whole point of this thing. It is. To provide both perspectives. As they say, your gumballs are your own. That's right. Oh, yeah. And you call them gumballs. That's so much fun. (laughs) (laughs) 7.9. Casey, it's time for our completely arbitrary Q&A. This week's question is from Anna Basile from the Patreon, Casey. Hey, speaking of the Patreon. Speaking of. We have 
we have some new uh, mechanical changes in our in our organization here. Yes, we do. We are now taking our Q and A questions for the mainline episodes that you're listening to right now, mm-hmm. strictly from our Patreon. That's right. As a as a show of thanks to the people who support us, um, if you join the three dollar Q and A Quercus and Alder Quercus and Alder tier. You will be entered into. You can ask us questions, and we, and we will select one of your questions to use for the mainline episodes. Exactly. And if we don't, then we will include questions and answers to those questions um, every month or two as they yes. come through. So we'll make sure that everyone's questions gets answered at some point. And specifically, if you go sign up for that three dollar level, we might answer it right here on there. That's right. And that's what we're doing right now with Anna's question. Hi, Anna. Anna says hi. Avid listener to the podcast. Thanks, Anna. I've got a question regarding trees. Hey, you came to the right place. Came to the right place, Anna. So to preface this question, I feel it's necessary to say that I grew up in the Sand Hills region of North Carolina. Okay. Casey, are you familiar? I am, yes. And there's a crap load of pine trees. Right. The town I'm from is literally named Pinehurst. And this is not to say that I don't like pine trees, but man, I loathed the chore of raking pine needles Mm. as a kid. Oh my God. It's so pokey, Alex. Ridiculous task. Sounds like it. Regardless, I was always fascinated about needles versus leaves and wondering if you could explain the process of needles changing color with the seasons versus leaves and if there's any difference at all. Side note. I listened to the Sassafras episode recently and just wanted to say how nostalgic that was for me because my friends and I would dig them up like maniacs and eat the roots thinking it would taste like root beer. (laughs) It tasted like dirt. Uh, Okay. Sorry for this novel. That's quite all right. Love your podcast so much. Thank you for existing. Anna, thank you for existing. And thank you for the question. Wow. Casey. Yes, Alex. I know a little bit about the changing of the leaves. Okay. Can I tell you what I know and then we can go from there? Yeah. When the when we perceive leaves changing, yeah. the tree uh-huh. is taking nutrients from the leaves, mm-hmm. storing them for the winter mm-hmm. to be used the following spring to make new leaves. Yes. So when it takes the chlorophyll yeah. out of the leaf... Uh-huh. That pigment gets removed. What we usually see as green is now reflected as yellow, brown, etc. Yeah, exactly. Red. With all those other pigments that are in the in the leaf still. Yeah. Correct. Okay. That's it. That's a great that is that's a perfect thing. Now, the big thing uh, that has been more recently debated is if that is a if those are always there if there's always these oh. pigments they're just kind of overshadowed or, or covered up by by the chlorophyll mm-hmm. then you take the chlorophyll away and they're left over or if the leaf is actively producing the new ones to take place of the old ones because uh, it's there's different light conditions and so they it would be more advantageous to get just a little bit uh, and a little bit of energy from the sun as it's waning you know over time. Interesting. So uh, the jury's still out on figuring out 100% where that is. At least the last time I looked, which was I think last year because we usually – we usually get a question about fall color every mm-hmm. um, uh, autumn, essentially. Right. Every 12 months or so. Yeah, every now and then. Um, but the big thing that I also loved about this question, uh, first off, Alex, you answered it. That's perfect. That's exactly it. Oh, well, that's half of an it's answer. The exact. Well, well, we're talking needles, though. Okay. Exactly. So this is, uh, this is the other half. The, a needle is 
a leaf. Done. Yes. They are just a different kind of leaf. So we would generally describe um, a leaf as the organ that is directly above a bud. So it sets, a, I'm sorry, directly below. So trees growing out, uh, it sets, it grows a new leaf and then it sets a bud. And the leaf is always that thing that comes from underneath mm. the bud. That's how we make that definition. So on conifers, if you look, there are little tiny buds that are almost so small that you can't even see them on like electron microscopes. They've almost been completely evolved away. Whoa. But they were technically there at some point. So is the is the process essentially the same between needles changing color? Yeah. And, okay. It pretty much is. Now, there's two distinctions we should make. The first being a lot of the pines uh, that... Um, Anna is talking about mm-hmm. those are old needles that have died and fall off, fallen off the older uh, the older sections oh, of the evergreen trees. Sure, okay. So it's not so much a senescence where it goes through all these fall colors and changes. Right. This is more like they essentially every X amount of years conifers will drop their needles. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of pines will keep them for maybe three to five to six years. And then they always keep this running total of the most recent six. So then when year seven comes, there's a new set of growth that happens. And then the very oldest one, all those needles will fall away. The needles that are closest to the trunk, they kind of grow, yeah. grow, uh, they kind of are pushed inward as the new growth comes out. Um, yeah, or, well, they should stay exactly the same, then the new growth continues to grow further oh, out. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. So, but you're exactly right. Those, those those oldest ones closest to the stem that fall. Oh, so a really old, this is sort of a side tangent, but a really old conifer, you know, will have like, its limb will be like mostly just wood, like yes. woody limb. Uh-huh. And then most of its growth, that's six years of growth, yeah. sort of toward the end of that limb. That will have all the needles on it. Wow. Okay, yeah. yeah. Wow. So the whole limb, if you're, hey, if you're an artist trying to draw uh, one of these things, that's, yeah. that's a good thing to think about is like- Totally. There, it'll be mostly limb. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. The thing is, most of those have other little shoots that are growing a little bit slower, a little bit longer. Then there's mm. also side branches that come out. So it looks like one big cohesive canopy. Oh, sure. And this also happens with a lot of uh, non-evergreen trees. Whenever they put their new leaves on, it's always those most recent buds, uh, those most recent shoots that usually have the leaves on them. Mm. Sometimes uh, the older twigs will have a little bit, but for the most part, it's always going to be on that very outer edge. Everything on the inside doesn't necessarily need to be there. It's not making a whole lot of energy because it's kind of shaded below, below the rest of the canopy. There are exceptions like the beech tree and some oaks, but for the most part, yeah, it's going to be that outer section. Cool. So the other thing, though, is uh, there are some conifers that have needle-like leaves. The uh, or the the larch is a great example. Mm. The larch will drop its needles and regrow them the same exact way. It is the same exact process where it is the tree actively sucking some things in to use later, and then the colors change because now you have different uh, pigments reflecting different wavelengths of light back to your eyeball. Don Redwoods, same thing. Perfect example, Alex. Thank you. A few others, I'm sure. That's uh, Yeah, so that's it. So to answer your question in a, a very succinct fashion, needles <laughs> are leaves. Leaves are either broad or needle-like or anything in between, and the process of them changing is as Alex explained earlier. 
They simply are uh, doing a changing of the guard before they release whatever is left in the leaf because they don't need it. But the the needle-like leaves that Anna raked as a child, yeah. probably just dead needles falling off of these pine trees. Yeah, exactly. Thank you very much for your question, Anna. If you have a question about trees, hey, Casey, this is my first time saying this. Join the Patreon. Wow. <laughs> Speaking of the Patreon, if you'd like to support this podcast at a bunch of different tiers, we have something that'll work for you if you wish to support us. Of course, we always we always appreciate your support in just listening. That's exactly right. And sending us nice emails. Casey Clapp. Alex Crozen. Thanks for this. Th- thanks for this chat today. Hey, you as well. Well done. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, we can we can, you know, when everybody has left the courtroom, yeah. we can put our Bibles down. Mm-hmm. We can wipe our sweaty brows. That's right. We can shake hands with that same sweaty hand. Yep. And say... See you next week. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to Completely Arbitrary. We'll see you next time. Bye. Uh, Bye-bye. Completely Arbitrary is produced by Alex Croson and Casey Clapp. Our artwork is by Jillian Barthold, and our music is by Aves and the Mini Vandals. And you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash arbitrarypod. And find additional readings at completelyarbitrary.com. Thanks for listening. 